This month's sponsor is Bobble Stockings. You've probably seen these little stockings everywhere, but you may not know the tradition behind them, which is what has made them so popular. A family tradition, ornament-sized, hand-stitched, needlepoint bobble stocking is meant to contain or hold a clue to each family member's final gift of Christmas. It doesn't have to be the most expensive gift, but it's the most thoughtful. It's the gift that makes the recipient feel warm and fuzzy and like you really thought about them. Bobble stockings are a tradition that grows with your family as Every year, each person's special gift will be different. Bobble stockings are hand-stitched for fair trade in Haiti. Create a meaningful tradition in your home while creating meaningful work in another. You can shop Bobble stockings at bobblestockings.com and our very own shop at shophsdt.com. We enjoyed welcoming Bobble stockings founder Kate Stewart onto episode 76 of HSDT. Be sure to check it out. Hi, everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to a very fun episode of HSDT. I am so excited to introduce you to my friends, Laura and Amanda. So many fun facts about Laura and Amanda that you'll hear in today's episode. But of course, I have to mention one that is very close to my heart. They are twins. And as you all know, I have a twin sister as well. So I just felt so connected to them in so many different ways. And I'm excited to share we did a behind the scenes conversation that we actually really ladies we really went into depth on and it's over on patreon so you can head to patreon.com slash how'd she do that to hear the bts and the behind the scenes conversation i often do that with guests so if they have time and if they're willing and able to stay on a little bit longer after our recordings we will do a behind the scenes conversation that we post on patreon we did it with henry noel founder vivian as well as the founders of sunshine tienda amanda and laura today so Make sure you check out Patreon. There's so many fun things coming up on the podcast. One thing that I mentioned uh, earlier this year is that this fall I took on a new role, a executive position that I am loving, but oh my gosh, it has really made me recognize um, just the amazing ability women have to have full-time roles, which I have always had. The difference was I was working from home. Now I go into an office and it's just been really interesting. So on Patreon, I will likely do an update as to the benefits of both. What I'm seeing right off the bat from working at home for 10 years to going into an office, what that has looked like, and maybe it can be helpful for some of you who are thinking about doing the same. I know lots of people have loved working from home. I loved working from home too, but this hybrid model is super helpful and really fun. So that's an interesting theme happening in my life offline. I also was so grateful. I shared something very personal on Instagram this past week at Emily Landers, just a little bit more insight into my journey towards motherhood, which has taken a lot longer and I'm still on the path, still on the story, still seeing the story unfold, but I shared a little bit more than I usually do. And I was so grateful. You all are so generous and kind with your time writing me 
texting me. I even had phone calls. It was just so nice. So it's an interesting season to be in and one I will likely share more on should that be of interest to you guys. I think it's an important conversation, one I've likely been hiding out and not really wanting to participate in, but it seems as though um, that would be the case, that it should be something that I step into. So it was just incredible to chat with Amanda and Laura. I know them from, gosh, I feel like many years now, uh, was introduced to them originally with their beautiful hats. You all will have to stay tuned with some potential of the hats joining us over on shophsdt.com, where we're always adding new and incredible brands. And really, we're just kind of collecting my friends in one place so that listeners can go and shop. So head over to shophsdt.com to be introduced to lots of new brands. Grab uh, a present, grab some presents for Christmas, uh, and know that many of the brands that are over on shophsdt.com have joined me on the podcast, which is so incredible. Like I said, personal life. We've got lots of things going on upcoming in the new year. We have so much going on and we do have sponsorship spots available for 2024. I will say uh, we are getting to our emails. We had an insane amount of emails and requests come in uh, this fall. So if you are waiting to hear back from us, have no fear. We are uh, working on getting back to everybody. Just amazing, amazing um, how many requests we receive. So thank you all. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of the HSDT family. I hope that you enjoy today's episode of How'd She Do That? Today's guests are twin sisters, Laura and Amanda Ernst, founders of Sunshine Tienda. Sunshine Tienda is a vacation-inspired accessories brand. Everything is designed around a simple state of mind to be vacation happy. Founded in 2014 by the twin sisters, Sunshine Tienda's collections of statement-making jewelry, charming sun hats, and breezy beach dresses are influenced by a love of warm weather destinations. Each collection of accessories is developed by the Texas-based duo and handcrafted by female artisan partners around the world. When the ladies aren't curating new products or popping up around the U.S., they are likely relaxing with their family, enjoying the great outdoors with a margarita in hand in the beautiful state of Texas. Laura and Amanda, welcome to How'd She Do That? Hi, Emily. Happy to be here. Uh, This is so much fun. I was laughing because before we started recording, I'm like, we both agreed. Did we already do this? It feels like we've already done this, but we haven't. No, it's so familiar. (laughs) I love talking to you. It's a long time coming. And I have to give a huge thank you because I feel like you guys from the get-go, and I'm so eager to hear the timeline of your business, but um, I feel like from the moment you guys kind of stepped onto the stage of female founders, you've just been an incredible support of HSDT. You guys even popped up with us in Houston at City Boots. And so to be, it was so fun and just to be connected to you guys and to have the opportunity to share your story. I'm so grateful. So thank you guys for your time today. Oh, so happy to be here and love supporting this community. I think it's so much fun to be a part of it. It's kind yeah. of an honor. Yeah. So. It, it's so fun. It's it's the craziest crew, I feel like, but it's just amazing to be able to connect and, of course, like I've said, share your story. So you guys listen to the podcast. You know that we love to just dive in uh, so that listeners can get to know you a bit more. So how about this? How about you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and then ultimately where you both went to school? Absolutely. Well, this is Laura. Yeah, we sound similar here. I'm Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) And we were raised in Clear Lake City, which is a suburb in Houston, Texas. 
Um, uh, we were uh, raised by two amazing parents who have been so supportive of us over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, they always, you know, really trained us that anything's possible and, um, and just to reach for the stars and stay focused and go for it. So, um, yeah. 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 So I was going to say we have very similar backgrounds here as twin sisters. So a similar <laughs> upbringing. Um, but as far as even just what led us to here, I think that we both always had a love for for fashion and for uh, creating unique things and in and uh, love travel so much and have done that. That's also something that comes from our parents have always encouraged travel for as long See as the world. I can remember and, and, um, and encourage solo travel too. And, and we're confident in us and our abilities. And um, it's kind of led us to here. And it's funny, we were, Amanda and I were talking about things from the past before we started chatting with you and remembering things we kind of forgot about that, yeah. like all the steps that got us here. And mm. one of those was back in high school. Um, I was part of a, um, like a work study program and it made me laugh because I was at, at the time I didn't think anything about it, but um, I was it was back in two thousand probably two thousand two thousand one, and I was I wanted to be I wanted to study underneath a women's boutique a local boutique, hmm. and um, and but what's funny is that I, I remember what I wanted to do I wanted to learn I was like how do they fill their store how do they like what's a trunk show how do they how do they like what's their PR how do people find them. Mm. What, you know, just all the, all the logistics, and everything that goes into a boutique. And I was only what, like 16 mm-hmm. years old, Yeah. but mm. you know, I was so intrigued by it. And it's like, and, and so I, in saying that, I really feel like people should kind of start, mm. you know, like when you, when you have an interest in something explore that. to really explore that, because mm-hmm. at the time I didn't think anything about it and I was just really curious, but you know, the learnings that come from that are, it's interesting. Yeah, it kind of sparks And it wasn't forced. I just, yeah, you want, I wanted to do it. Mm. And too, yeah, thinking all the way back at 16, there's like this curiosity and you're thinking, okay, how does all of this work? What's the dynamic here? Um, right. Now, Amanda, was there an interest at a young age as well in regard to kind of fashion and, and what have you? You know, I would say while it was always there, you know, and I've of course always been a shopper, you know, we always loved clothes and um, love being creative and be creating with our appearance. But um, my love really was more travel, you know, with the, around the same age. I think I was maybe the summer of my 16th year of life. Um, I did a study abroad program. So I went for a summer um, to Italy and that was my first solo trip. And um, again, to kind of to Laura's point, when people aren't really, when you're 16 years old, you're thinking about driving, you're thinking about, you know, um, just, I don't know, parties and all that fun stuff. And it's, that was something that was very interesting to me to go to a place that I'd never been and explore and see how they do things in different places with different cultures. And, um, so that's also stayed obviously with us, mm-hmm. but we hadn't, and we hadn't talked about this in so long. So doing this podcast, it was like, oh, you remember, we did all that. How When you think something comes out of nowhere, but in fact, there's been you know, a trail of this for a long time. Right. It's so fun. I mean, right off the bat, right off the bat, we have the shopping element, we have the travel. And I, I mean, I knew that your brand was really built on the excitement of travel resort and the warmer weather and really kind of, I mean, it's a one-stop shop for all of those things, but I didn't necessarily realize your history with travel. So I'm curious as, as you guys grew, I mean, these are like 16, you guys are running around and, and thinking a little bit bigger than I, I would think most 16 year olds are, are thinking, what was it in your parents that they really instilled this love of travel in you? Because I don't think that's the case for everyone. Right. You know, I think we just did it. You know, it was something that 
we were in a suburb outside of Houston and it was very, I would say normal in a lot of ways. And that was a way that we could explore not normal, you right. know, and mm. get kind of out of our comfort zones. And um, my dad's always been really into going to exotic places and seeing different things. And um, yeah, just encouraged and trusted us. And I think when you do have that background, it's, you feel more confident in going out into the world on your own and right. um, not mm-hmm. being totally culture shocked by what you're seeing. And Making life spicy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, it's interesting because I, I don't think that's the case for everyone. And I love that that was uh, the case for you two. And yeah, it does broaden your horizons at a very young age. So I'm interested to hear what were the steps for you both heading into school? Did we attend the same school? What were those decisions like? So I, Laura again, hello. Um, <laughs> I wanted to um, uh, leave Texas. Um, so I went to the University of Kansas oh. for a year, which was so much fun. Um, but quickly I realized that wasn't the best path for me for just the career I was I was wanting. And um, so I left um, KU and on my sophomore year, I packed up and moved to New York and was at um, a private college uh, for the business of fashion. It's called LIM, oh, wow. Laboratory Institute of Merchandise. And um and I graduated from, from that school. And I had a, a similar uh, path as well, but started at a different school. I went to Auburn University for my first two couple of years um, in their business program. And then I think when Laura got to New York, I was extremely envious of um, <laughs> what she was doing and experiencing. And um, to her point of, of, you know, that school was so focused on a specific topic with, the, with, with being on fashion yeah. that obviously in Alabama, we didn't have that, those mm. opportunities. And so um, I quickly pivoted and basically followed her there um, and finished my last two years of school um, at the same at the same school and same program. We both graduated with bachelor's and business degrees in fashion marketing specifically. Oh um, but the school was so cool too, because, and um, a shout out to LAM, honestly, but the focus on experiences and internships that that city provides hmm. uh, was paramount. It's un- yeah, it's it un- incredible. Un- unmatched, I think, to any other program that I had seen. Um, and so a lot of our initial experience within, within even two years was substantial. I mean, we touched on I had internships in, in, in marketing, in PR, in buying and planning with major companies that were wow. headquartered in New York. And it was a really kind of great sort of a, eye-opening Yeah, to what I did or did not want to do uh, right. moving forward. So, yeah. It's it's so interesting to me because even being here um, and connected to Pepperdine and Malibu, they right. have such an emphasis on travel, study abroad. Pretty much everyone does it, and the the culture at LIM for it to have internships so front of mind. I think that is so. I, I I think that's so impactful, and I hope that anyone who's listening, who's perhaps stepping into that season of college and and that next step, I think that's so important to be able to um, see. And I love Amanda that you were like, wait a second, Laura's in New York. <laughs> Laura's in New York. I've got to get there as fast as I can. Um, and so thinking of you two running around the city now, did you guys room together or no? We did. We did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. Apartments. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so fun to think about. Okay. And so then, I mean, yeah, you guys uh, really got your foot in the door in the city through different internships and what have you. Ultimately, you graduate from LIM. And then what was the next step for you? And, And were there any rumblings of potentially working together even when you were in college? Um. 
Not really. Yeah. I don't think we really talked about that until later. Wow. I was able, while, while I was in New York, I was able to, I had a big passion for trend forecasting and Amanda was more into, um, I think more the analytic, but more of like buying and stuff. Yeah. Um, um, so I was able to do that. And then I worked in the, um, um, e-commerce division at Gucci while I was there oh, and fun. I, it was amazing. And I, as soon as, but for some reason, something was pulling me back to Texas after that. So mm-hmm. I, um, I decided I made the hard decision to leave and I packed up and moved to Dallas after that. And, um, and I, I started working for a big box store in their product development department. And we really, it really gave me a lot of tools for what we're doing now, mm-hmm. uh, with, with production timelines and tech packs and all the, um, those elements that go into our business. Mm-hmm. So I'm really grateful for, for that experience. Was that yeah. your question? I'm so yes. sorry. No, that say? was, that was absolutely perfect. Just kind of following this timeline thinking, okay, what, what's the next step? Where were you headed? And so Laura, you ultimately do make the move back to Dallas. Amanda, uh-huh. do you follow suit or do you stay in the city yeah, for a bit? Can you believe it, Emily? I stayed by myself. <laughs> I found it was such a fun, to your point about, you know, people that are going through this time in their life to, you know, do things that are scary. And, and, you know, part of that was Laura and I even separating and staying in the city that we had kind of grown into together, you know, and um, I, this is even crazier to think back. I haven't thought about this, but I found two amazing roommates on mm-hmm. Craigslist. If you can believe oh. that. I feel like we used to do that back in the I know, day. I feel like that's not the same path anymore. But, but we, were all, <laughs> we were all in the same ministry, all of us. We were all like, you know, between like, I think maybe 25 years old, 24 years old. In the same industry, we all worked in different design houses and did different things. Lived in a, three of us lived in a two-bedroom apartment mm-hmm. in the East Village and just had a blast. And it was such a nice intro into that world um, as as a non-intern, as a paid employee, and what that kind of looks like being on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was hard. It's hard. It's you know financially, it's hard to be on your own in a city like that. But um, it was also so exciting and interesting and fun. I feel like it toughened you up too, for sure. You have to really, you know. Got to grow up. Yeah, it, it absolutely. I mean, the culture. I mean, just having step. I'm, we got home from New York two two days ago, I think, and I I realized, you know, the city. And I would be curious when you guys have been. Have you been back recently? Yeah, we were there this past for past for market. Okay, for market. It, yeah. It's amazing. I had not been in so many years, and I think the city doesn't change, but you do once you're gone. Uh, and. Right. And you're like, it's just, it's just really something. So thinking Amanda about you being in the East village and and living life with those two other roommates and the two bedroom three in the two bedroom. Um, it's just so fun. Now I am curious, what year is this? You guys, this would have been 2007. Yeah. Okay. 2007. And I'm so interested in how long and, and what the timeline looked like Amanda for you to be in the city. And then Laura, for you to be working in Dallas. So I, so yes, so we both graduated, Laura moved to Dallas, I stayed, I worked for a jewelry showroom um, right out of school, um, which was such a wonderful experience also. I lasted about a year actually in that, in this this time of my life, and then pivoted and decided to travel. Travel called me home again. Mm-hmm. And so um, I explored um, Central and South America for a while um, after that. And um, from there, that honestly, that's probably when you asked about when we decided we wanted to do something together, Laura and I, and that was probably when that was, when I came back from that trip and had really gotten um, an in-depth, longer extended experience with um, 
that part of the world and, you know, with the artisans that I would see every day and the work and the craftsmanship that they would put things into it, it was wonderful and it was addictive and we just loved going to these markets. And um, that was when we brought things back and started selling them. So that was kind of the, around that time when that all kind of turned into something that we weren't, I don't think, really even expecting. It was an innocent trip to South America that turned into something, I think, bigger. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. So fun. It's so fun to hear about. And especially the solo travel element. I, I I am so interested. I mean, I've solo traveled, but not to explore. Did you map out your days? Were there specific things in South America? Or you just were like, this is where I'm going? What did that look like for you to map that out? You know, it's so interesting because I find myself to be a pretty laid back person. Um, and so I went into this, especially on the cusp of leaving New York with a really intense job. And um, I mean, New York in general is a really intense lifestyle and um, uh, just needing to kind of ring myself out and calm down. And, you know, it, this was before cell phones were like, or I guess, what would you call them? Uh, we sound so old. Not cell phones, but uh, <laughs> smartphones. So there wasn't the technology available right. when I went down there. And so I couldn't just, we had to go to a proper like... Um, uh, internet lab, yeah. like, a, like a, a house that would hold like a, a big, you know, CPU and computer to be able to oh email and do things like that. So I was very, it was, I was very cut off from the world. So it allowed for some real space for me to think about what I wanted to do and what my next steps would be. But it also, I think coming from New York and how, it, how fast paced that is, I had to, I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll just go off and do whatever I want and not have a plan. And Quickly, I think that turned into, I need a plan. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to just wander. I think people that can do that right. are so incredible and inspiring because I felt like I was just a little bit lost in a way. But mm-hmm. then I think once you figure that out, you can manage that and, and turn um, a trip like that into something that feels more focused is when it really turned on for me. So um, and and by the way, Amanda will do this. I will never travel alone. We're so, <laughs> so opposite on this. The trips that she's done by herself, I'm like, what? Like, I, I can't. I can't do it. So. Right. I, yeah, I was with a friend on this trip. It was me and one of my best friends. Yeah. But. Okay. It, it is. It's so interesting. I'm 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 kind of with you, Laura. I mean, I think it's it's a real luxury to to travel solo. But yeah, to do so in in such a way that I mean, way out of the box. Like, I'll travel to you know Arizona to a you know resort spa by myself maybe. But oh my gosh, I, I just think it's fascinating. But it all goes back to Sunshine Tienda and what you guys ultimately have built because the love of fashion, the love of, the, like you said, meeting these artisans and bringing things back. So tell us a little bit about those early stages. And uh, Laura, I'm, I'm, I believe you're still in Dallas at, at this stage and point. Are you really enjoying your job? Are you looking for an out? Are you wanting to be creative in a different way? What was this season like for you? I think I wanted to be creative in a different way. Mm. And that's a nice way to put that. I mean, I really enjoyed, I enjoyed my job. I just don't think I, I don't think I was meant for corporate life. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to find a new, a new avenue um, and to be able to do whatever I wanted is, is honestly what it was. I wanted to, you know, to, to push our style, you know, into the hands of artisans and, 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 and develop that and show mm-hmm. the world and, and, and see what could happen. It's just so exciting because so many things can happen if you just try. So mm-hmm. Um, we just kept going and followed through with it. And- oh my gosh. So what did the, what did the early stages of the brand look like? I mean, do you guys have a specific launch year or month? I, I ask that because I think with sisters, you know, you guys could have started, one of you starts a little bit, we start here. Was there mm-hmm. an official kind of formal launch to, to this endeavor? 
Yeah, we launched on Thanksgiving, and which I don't know why we did that. Like everybody's <laughs> eating Thanksgiving dinner, but we were like, let's launch our company on Thanksgiving, um, and so we did it in 2014. Um, so, it, and what we put on the website was truly everything was things that we had found on on, on our travels. So that that's all we had, and, and you know, we also went to market, and we kind of filled in that kind of gave that same vacation happy vibe. And that's what we launched with. Um, and then slowly from that, I would say I did the bulk of it at the beginning. Um, and, and we officed out of my house. Well, yeah. I wanted to even back up a little bit. So before this happened, Laura had moved to Chicago. Oh, right. wow. I forgot, yeah, I about, forgot about that part. See <laughs> what I mean? It's Chicago, like you forget things. So I'll let you take off from there. <laughs> and that kind of Right. Okay. Yeah. So I moved to Chicago for a trend position, um, a trend forecasting position. I was there for um, a year and then I was laid off. Oh. And, that, and that really propelled us into like, we need to do something. Like, like it's time. Because like, whenever you have – you know, one foot in, one foot out with, you know, you, you know, it's, it, it's these secure paychecks that make you like, Oh, I'm not yeah. sure. I, I'm kind of busy. Yeah. Yep. Right. And there's just all these excuses and I didn't have that. And wow. so I was like, you know, let's just, let's go for it. And so I went for it. So I was doing this. Um, I mean, I mean, and I were both doing it, but I was doing it more obviously because it was more of my full-time job. And then, um, um, and then a couple of years later, Amanda, Amanda went full-time. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's amazing to think in 2014, I'm like, this is insane. Thinking about a whole 10 years, right? Celebrating 10 years next yeah, year. Yeah, how wild is that? Yeah. Congratulations. I mean, that's insane. And I feel like, honestly, there's just so much more to come. You guys have built something amazing, and your products are, I think, likely the I, I mean, you would have to tell me. I mean, they, they're insane. Like the the products and, and what you guys have. I, I'd be interested because you just mentioned that most of the products in 2014 that you guys started with, you found on travel. So are those things that you were shipping home to your, you know, to your house that you found? What was that like? Yes, Literally, exactly right. we would do that. Like it was, oh it started out with, again, I think the very first assortment, we would go to just markets, like local markets. We were, uh, this was in Dallas go to these local markets and pop up with all the stuff that we had found and we'd put a price on it and hope it would sell and we'd sell out. It was the most inspiring thing to see um, our customer when we have no background in this whatsoever, as far as understanding what our customer is going to want. Right. We bought, we bought what we liked, what I was planning on putting in my home, you know, and, um, and then turn around and sold that and had a great response. And we went to um, one of our uh, uh, sourcing trips. We went to Morocco and what makes me laugh is thinking about how we shipped all that home. It's like, what? What did you do? Like, talk about an awful plan. I mean, we were literally... I think there wasn't a plan. Yeah, we're, that... we're on the back of, of like, um, the people that work in these markets, the like motorcycle taking us to a DHL office. The <laughs> and, I mean, and just, like, bringing stuff. And, like, and so I remember, like, a few weeks later, it arrives on my doorstep. And I was like, oh, my word, it arrived. I can't believe... <laughs> yeah, it's a miracle. Yeah. And we didn't make any money. Like, nothing was priced well. Like, yeah. we you know, taking into account our trip and experience and shipping, we just wanted to go. We just wanted to go. And I think we wanted to do something together. And yeah. um, that itself turned into a business long-term. You know, that I, I, we talk about it, us being around for 10 years. I mean, that has evolved so a hundred times, you know, yeah. into what we're actually, where we are today and what we're doing now. Hmm. Um, but it just started with an interest and then that turns into something else. And then we, like to Laura's point, you know, someone is more busy than the other. And so it's, we're able to, keep kicking it down the field until it's something that we both can, can do together. Right. So, 
it kind of kept us going. I, I love the analogy of kicking it down the field. I think that every kind of founder should really consider that because like you said, 10 years, you know, probably a thousand uh, different ways that, that you have figured things out and, um, and, and been able to, like you said, move, move the needle forward and kick the ball down the field. I, I would be curious because, okay, Thanksgiving 2014, which I love, I just love that. Um, and coming up uh, here shortly, you guys are moving forward with all of the different, like like you said, sourcing trips and, and traveling. And um, I'm curious in these early years, maybe the first, you know, one to five, what did it look like for you guys to grow? I'm guessing there's e-commerce. Was there any strategy in pop-ups? What was that like for you guys? So again, we're in, I think we were in Sonoma or something. It was Thanksgiving and it was my sister and I and my dad, and we rented an Airbnb there and we're just kind of spending <laughs> a, a holiday outside of, away from Texas. And um, we had, like Laura said, you know, we're going to launch it on, was it on Thanksgiving Day? It was day? on Thanksgiving Day. And yeah. so, again, to her point, we're thinking everyone's going to be just staring at their computer. So we, you know, <laughs> live and then we immediately get this. And for everybody that, that knows this sound, Shopify that ding. Shopify ding of like a, of a cash register, yep. the sale. And we got one immediately and we were like, we knew it! Success! Exactly. Live! And, you know, we turned around and it was my dad. Had ordered. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he was the, the, the first shopper on our site. But yeah. um, I think that that's another thing to really often talk about or for us to talk about is is the reality of, of, of uh, customers that flow to your website. I mean, it's so, it's, it's so hard. I think everyone just thinks you're going to have a website and people are going to find you. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it took us a long time to kind of figure that out. Build the brand. Um, yeah. But I would say at the beginning parts we would do, honestly, as many pop-ups as we could yeah. do. Like yeah. we would we, we would seek them out. And we, I mean, if, I mean, Hustle should be our middle name. I think Schlepp should be our yeah. middle name. Yeah. <laughs> we would go, I mean, we, we would go to several a weekend. I mean, we would, you know, we would, we were just, we were, con- we were obsessed with it. We were constantly trying to. Um, and it was fun. It was fun. It was I fun. think that's at the end of the day and what's kind of stayed true for us is we like to have fun. We like yeah. to have a good time and laugh and spend time together and Part of a part of those markets is you're a lot of them are outdoors and mm-hmm. and we're all together and we're laughing. We bring up you know a, a cooler of champagne and it was just it was a fun experience yeah. for us to to do that together and tell our fun things. So. And, and then we had the website, um, so we had that, and then so it was, everything we did was direct to consumer. Okay. At, at the beginning for the first two years, and okay. then I think about year two or year three, we um, decided to um, try wholesale. So we, so we, we, um, and I'm, and, and tell me if you want more details in here, cause I, I, I go so fast through this stuff, but we no, got into the showroom, mm. um, and that really, um, really got us going, got us into quite a few stores at the very, like of the first season we launched it um, yeah. in wholesale. Yeah. Wholesale really helped us. I think to Laura's point, like, you know, expand our products awareness, you know, around, yeah around the country and it wasn't so focused within people that we just knew just you know, locally, here locally. Right. right. And, um, so that's, I think what helped really launch us into our business and encourage us to do more and produce more. And financially gave us, you know, the means to develop further. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it is interesting. And I love that you guys would share because I think some people, for whatever reason, I'm not entirely sure why, because of course, with our e-commerce, we are, you know, providing a resource to share amazing brands. And you guys, maybe this is a good moment to share Sunshine Tiendo, beyondshophsdt.com, which is exciting. Um, But thinking about wholesale, I think a lot of people are, you know, sometimes intimidated by it. For you guys, though, the gateway or the introduction was... um, that 
uh, why am I blanking on this? What you said, uh, a showroom. So tell yeah. me a little bit, because I don't think that I've ever heard the specifics of a showroom. You have to what meet the owner. What, what, what is that even like to get into a specific showroom and are some better than others? Absolutely. I think you should do your research on, you know, to have, make sure the showroom has adjacent brands to you. And it's like, it's a complimentary thing with the, you know, the buyers coming through, they're going to want your, you know, your jewelry plus your jewelry. It's the, you know, they're not going to compete with each other. So it really, you have to do your research on who and um, who you're, who, who's running the showroom and where the showroom is located. Um, we found ours through um, that first one. We actually, we were in an article in, I think it was the Dallas, Dallas news, Dallas. It was a, it was a newspaper in Dallas mm-hmm. and, um, and she had seen our article. And so she reached out on Instagram and was like, Hey, can you come by the Dallas showroom? And I want to, you know, introduce myself and all this stuff. So that that's how that one happened. And then we were also, um, repped by an independent sales rep. And that worked out because we used to. And the difference to be clear, the, diff- the difference between a showroom that's actually the market center versus an independent rep is going to be the independent rep is probably not going to have a physical showroom that right. buyers are coming to. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So it was a lot of outreach, honestly, too. I think that, you know, just the same way that you want to get into a store and you email a, email a bunch of buyers, it's the same thing with a showroom. It's like you'll, you know, buff, pick your top five in this region and then email them and send a line sheet and hope they want to pick up the brand. to be a good match. Yeah. So, so interesting. And to think too, gosh, I mean, the, the time frame of this, your business, I'm like, this is amazing. I mean, you guys have been doing this for, for such an, uh, a, a great amount of time, but also just thinking about all of the different steps along the way. And as I'm saying that, I'm just thinking of the number of emails and the number of wholesale and the number of accounts that, that you guys have moved forward with. And I, I'd love to know 2016, I'm kind of looking at this 2016, I think maybe 2018 mark within the conversation now, what were the products then? Because I know that you guys have grown immensely since this time frame. So, so whenever we decided to start doing wholesale, our goal was to kind of narrow down our assortment because oh. we were in all categories from, you know, we had blankets, we had rugs, we had so many items that were artisan goods that we were selling at these events. And we knew we couldn't scale like that. So we had to um, hone in. And so we were only wholesaling our jewelry at that time. So we really narrowed down to just jewelry and that's what we launched with in wholesale was just that was pretty much earrings. Yeah. And we just, you know, everything is about your scalability for the most part, not everything. I think that things that help, you know, round out your brand or whatever image you're wanting to have is important also, but that was something we knew we could really work with, you know, and could really uh, develop into what we wanted it to be. Right. So It's so interesting because I love that you guys would share that. I think oftentimes it's the opposite. When I speak with brands, it's like, okay, we started with this and then we realized customers might like this, but I think it just goes to show your eye and your collection. I mean, I have no doubt it should have been as large as it was because of all of the different travels, all the inspiration that you guys were finding along the way. It's like, we have to add this, we're going to add this and let's do Mm -hmm. it. But then for you guys to scale back, I think is so smart specifically in those early wholesale years. Now, was there any moment, um, I would love to know both of your thoughts. I'm guessing there might, maybe this, maybe there's a different moment for each one of you, but is there a moment within these first few years that you guys maybe looked at each other? I don't know if it was a sale or maybe it was a wholesale account, but you thought, okay, so, so we're really doing this. This is, this is, this is a business. 
Oh yeah, <clears throat> definitely. I, I would say one of the, the best moments, it was probably whenever Amanda decided to um, um, go full time, but yeah. it was um, whenever we had um, an order from anthropology come through. Wow. And we, I was, I mean, we got, we were so excited. And so um, that was kind of the launching pad for Amanda to jump off and, right. and go full time. Well, it was, a, it was a, a financially a life changer right. I think, for us and our ability and what we both could or couldn't do. Laura, has, I'm not sure if you were married. You were married then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so she w- had a lot more flexibility with her time and what she could really devote to Sunshine Tandem for a long time. Again, like a lot of entrepreneurs probably know, um, you know, you don't pay yourself. You know, yeah. if, if anything, it's it's minimal. Right. And so I am, am still not, but at the time was not married um, and didn't have that sort of um, backing. And so right. for me to go full time meant that Sunshine Tina could pay me a salary right. and, you know, healthcare and all the other things that we all need in the world, wow. which I wouldn't need for a while. But um, anyways, and so I think to Lars point, you know, us being able to, for that, allowing me the space and the time to be able to be full-time ch- changed our life. Yeah. Those, obviously. yeah. Whenever those uh, POs came through, we were like, oh, the so, angel said, I mean, yeah, I mean, financially exciting. Plus, you know, it's just this validation with the store like oh that. My gosh, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's exciting. A so place I, you've been shopping your whole life. Yeah. Right. Very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking too, because I know you guys have both mentioned kind of the power of brand awareness and, uh, you know, multiple times we've kind of touched on building a brand at this point, when anthropology made that order, what, do you remember what it was? And do you guys have tags that when people purchase it, anthro, they see sunshine Tienda? I know I'm getting really detailed here, but how did that work? That's such a good question. And I would say it's something that I didn't know. Um, as a consumer, what all went into a store like Anthropology, and hey. a lot of the things that that we do, it's it's there's so much sweat and tears that goes into it from the brand side too. Is you know we tag all the product, you know wow. we, that, that's sitting on those shelves. We did ourselves, literally in our homes, you know, wow. tagging jewelry and um, putting it on their cards. And um, uh, I don't know, even every I know, it was just such an exciting time. I think it was four SKUs we had in there. So four different <clears throat> earrings and they were in all doors um, for Anthro and we were in some of the EU stores. Right. Um, yeah. and we, we had to tag all of our jewelry on their cards and then they were hanging in their, in their, um, in their, in their stores. And then we also do online, which we've been lucky enough to still be in on, um, on their website. And those yeah. are, those go on their cards as well. Yeah. I just think it's really neat though, to think, cause you think of a, a store like anthropology is this, gigantic machine sometimes of product, but knowing that it's, it's built with all these smaller brands, you know, mm. it makes it feel more, um, I don't know, more intentional, more, yeah. which I don't know what the right word is, it's but amazing. I just love that. And that's something yeah. that I didn't know before we started working with them. And that's how that kind of worked. And, um, I ended up sending a letter, I think, which I also, not that we're asking for advice here, but, um, <laughs> I sent a, I wrote a letter to a few of the buyers that we worked with during that time just thanking them and telling them like, what makes me emotional? Um, the kind of impact that made on our life. Hmm. Sorry, now I'm crying. <laughs> you guys are the best. It was, but it was amazing. It was, I think that I wanted them to know personally what that did for us. Right. So it was really cool. 
It's, it's amazing. And I mean, to your point, and I think it just goes back to what you guys built, the fact that a brand that all of us, all of us listening, Anthropology, would see your products and say, this needs to be in our stores. It goes directly back to you, Amanda, and to you, Laura, for the eye that you guys have and the ability that you both had to say, these are the things that we love. We're going to build a brand on this. And lo and behold, um, a lot of people have really enjoyed your brand and your products. Um, It's so fun to hear kind of the different highlights along the way. I I would be curious though, I'm sure there's, I mean, it's just laughable asking entrepreneurs this question, but I would love to know, are there any instances that kind of uh, come to mind maybe throughout your careers that, that you'd say failure actually helped shape it? Um, I would say, I mean, the getting, yes, getting laid absolutely, off. First of all, yeah, and I mean, me, me getting laid off was, you know, transformative. It, it was, a, yeah, this horrible thing at the moment, but in disguise, it's like it, it's it's kind of what made this happen, right? So that was a, a big failure that I thought, like, oh, this is awful, and then you know, look look what it did. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I would say too, it's it's something, and we act like we often hear this way of thinking, but failure is, I think, one of the it's and again, it sucks in the moment typically, but right. one of the most important things that can happen to help you grow, you know, it's, it's, it's a requirement, you know, right. in so many ways. And I think with, with us, um, part of this, because I feel like in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of, um, uh, a lot of growth and with that comes a lot of growing pains. And I, with that, of course, mistakes are made and mm-hmm. successes are made, but I think that would be something that, with scaling, it's it's brought its own challenges and being able to kind of zoom out and see the big picture and take more time um, for, you know, Laura and I and our and James to talk about, you know, things that are coming down the down the pipe, you know, or mm-hmm. I think really important. So um, for I would say a failure in a way is not doing that enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're proactively doing a lot more of that now. So mm-hmm. Beautifully said, yes, to be able to step back and look at the bigger picture while you're in the weeds of the details is one of, I think, the most challenging things about building anything. I mean, oh my gosh, yeah, I could go into detail, but beautifully said, I I could not agree more. And and I know I asked, I I did say, you know, kind of what what was a real aha moment for you guys, but I'd love to know too, what's been a real wow moment for you both? Um, I think one, I was so excited. Amanda and I are avid Southern living readers have been our whole life. So seeing our hats in there, um, our PR team helped who they're amazing. Um, get, um, get us into, into that magazine and having our hats be there was so exciting. Yeah. That was, I remember I kept going back and forth to, um, Barnes and Noble seeing if it was going to be there. Yeah. (laughs) Are just so fun. Mine would probably be, um, this is so I work a lot with our wholesale business and um, we go to many markets a year. Um, but one of those trade shows is the Atlanta gift show and um, seeing such positive response from buyers season after season and, and seeing a crowded booth always, it's amazing. It, it, it never gets old. No. Yeah. It is something that is not lost on me is, and our appreciation for them is for our, the stores we work with is so deep, run so deep and is so appreciative that, um, it's always nice to see that. Um, and speaking of Atlanta Gift, um, one of our the shows we were at, um, some of the Oprah uh, 
gals. Oh, that was a good one. Came through, yeah. And then we ended up, they ended up featuring um, our hats and I think it was Oprah's O-List, I think is what it's and, called. And Amanda that is so fun. much more talky and outgoing than I am. And, <laughs> and and so I saw that their names were on their badge and I saw that that's who it was. And I, and I was like, Amanda, go talk to him. Go talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I love thinking, because you said like some of her girls were there. It's like, oh, the Oprah girls. Those are the Oprah girls. Can you like, imagine <laughs> being the Oprah girls? I mean, what? No, I cannot imagine like freebies. What do you need? Oh my gosh. But I mean, but again, I mean, it goes to show that you know, they don't just put anybody on that list. So, and I actually, I personally own, um, I think one or two of your hats and they're, they're amazing. I mean, the quality, everything about them. So I think, I think that, and I think they're everywhere, by the way, I mean, good grief. I, I feel like I'm seeing you guys everywhere. So to hear the back end and, and to hear, like you guys said earlier, you know, the, the schlepping and the, the real, um, you know, just force that you both have been as you figured this out along the way. I, I mean, it's just been so fun. And I, I'm very curious, and I always kind of preface this as a bit of a loaded question, but I'd love to know what is maybe the greatest lesson you have learned? Greatest lesson? I would say communication is key. Mm. Um, so, and we have mentioned this, uh, but so it's Laura and I are obviously sisters. Um, and then our third business partner is Laura's husband, James. Um, and I think us being on the same page and prioritizing, um, our conversations, you know, is, is something that, uh, we continue to learn, you know, and, um, like you said, when you can get in the weeds and we get busy and we've, our, our team has grown substantially and it's easy to get lost in, you know, in that crowd. And so, um, us focusing on that is, is, is a lesson learned, I think Mm -hmm. for myself. Yeah, that's a good one. I would say communication too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's amazing to me too. The, the and this would be a whole other podcast episode, but the family dynamics at play. Oh my gosh! I just think is amazing, and I think it. I mean, for me, and for those of you who are listening and are not aware of this, I'm a twin as well. So I, I think that I have a unique perspective. My dream is to work with my twin sister, but unfortunately, and Laura, maybe you could mentor her or something. She has this thing called motherhood happening that she just apparently. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're getting those kids. You I know? mean. <laughs> real thing. Amanda, these nieces and nephews, I'm like, hello, I'm trying to get my sister to work with me. Oh my gosh. But I I think, you know, it's just one of those moments where, um, you know, those of you who are listening, pause, rewind, listen back. I think it's an encouragement to me as well, just thinking about communication with PR, with upcoming guests, with sponsors, you know, how can I do a better job of that? So just amazing. Well, and one thing I know, as I've gotten to know both of you, is that you guys always have something up your sleeve, something coming up. So how about you tell us what's next for you? Yes, we're so excited to be launching our SS24 collection. Spring, summer 2024. Yay. And we're so excited. I think it's the best one yet. Um, Yeah, we have some new hat shapes coming out and uh new sarongs, lots of fun prints, sundresses. And we're introducing bags. So we're going to have beach bags and um, bags. Yeah, we really we're trying really hard to be a one stop um, shop with all things vacation. So I think these bags are going to be very well received. I'm very excited about those. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, those are new. Uh Yeah. Love. Well, we are so excited and I can't wait for people to be able to shop. Ladies, this has been so much fun. I I so love you guys and I love your brand. So being able to hear your story today, it's been such a treat. But is there anything we didn't cover that you'd actually like to? 
Um, one, one just little thing. I think that it's really important and, and you can tell by our, our story here is that it's so important for everybody just to um, start something. Mm -hmm. Um, and you see how much we've evolved and like how you have to just take steps and don't be afraid to fail because you know, don't wait for perfection. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, just go for it. Absolutely. agree. Because that's what we literally continue to do. And that it's, it's it's crazy to think we wouldn't have started if yeah. we would have waited. This wouldn't be in existence if we would have been like, ah, that's not good enough yet. Let's let's pause and 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 refine. And so, yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, and the, and, and 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 that we have no like specific, exact, perfect background. Yeah. Um, for everything, you know, no, but there's no great handbook on how to manage a team and like all these things, and you have to just like be able to laugh at some of the things and be able to um, just move forward all yeah. the time. And so just, you know, to, yeah. I, to, I would, now we're just adding things on piling on here <laughs> to, give, to give yourself grace, Amen. you know, and, and, and to be able to laugh for the stressors, you yeah. know, and um, to the end of the day, life is short. Amen. Yes. Which you guys, yes, you guys have done just that built an amazing business, having a lot of fun along the way. Um, and I think too, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm piling on as well. I love what you guys just shared because I always think if I had been, or if I was uber critical of myself, you know, and, and said, Oh, why did I say that? Or that was not, you know, I know what I meant to say, but I used the wrong word. I would never, ever, ever, ever put out any type of conversation. And I love that for you, and I, I believe, Laura, that was um, a point you just made of neither one of you had the perfect background. And I think that's a hurdle a lot of people struggle to overcome when they're trying to do something. Well, I don't have this, or I didn't major in that. It doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. um, I think Sunshine Tienda is such an incredible example of that. And it's it's been fun. I mean, even within this conversation, hearing about the different connections that you guys have made along the way, your first customer, your dad, but then ultimately growing to the point that you had so many different wholesale accounts and, and just so many awesome collaborations and, and people you guys have connected with. So I would be curious, who do you know that should maybe come on and share their story? Um, I would love to hear the story b- b- behind "Show Me Your Moo Moo." Oh, those girls, yeah, Floating yes. Cami. I think that I, I I would love to hear their their um, their story. Yeah, um, yeah they, they seem like a lot of fun. They seem like fun. They seem incredibly talented, and and what a what a brand they've built. So um, I would love to hear about them. I'm so glad you would you would recommend them. Yes, absolutely. I met them through. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar. Have met my friend Sabrina Chazen. She did a collaboration with them. Um, and they were at a lunch and they, they seem amazing, but they've never been recommended. So thank you. That is a yes. fabulous recommendation. Yeah. And I have one too. I would say, um, so again, we're here right outside of Austin, another local designer, Katie Kime. She's a, an artist and um, textile designer and does all sorts of fun things, gifts, some pajamas, all sorts of prints. Um, and she also, I feel like she's had a lot of growth in the last few years and I would love to hear her story and her background. And, um, I'm sure she has lots of, uh, tales to tell as well. So love it. Some awesome recommendations. Thank you, ladies. You all will have to be on the lookout for a potential episode with the Show Me Your Moo Moo ladies, as well as Katie. Uh, And I'm sure that many listeners have likely already headed to social to find you guys. Perhaps they're shopping as we speak, but where can listeners connect with you? Yeah, on our website, sunshinetienda.com. And for anybody that doesn't know, Sunshine Tienda, it means sunshine shop. Mm. Um, 
and in Spanish. And um, Instagram, it's Sunshine Tienda Shop. Yeah, at Sunshine Tienda Shop. <laughs> awesome. It's very easy to find, and I'm looking forward for listeners for listeners to find you guys and do just that to shop. Well, ladies, thank you so much for your time today. This was such a Thank you all for listening to today's episode brought to you by Bobble Stockings. Be sure to check them out. You can head to their website, bobblestockings.com or shophsdt.com for some of my favorite picks. Thank you, Kate, for sponsoring this month's episodes. I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. Don't forget to join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash how'd she do that. The fun has just begun. We will talk to you soon.